Hey there, and welcome to Ascend and Conquer, a brand new podcast where we talk all about ascending and conquering whatever it is we want to ascend and conquer. These two words hold so much depth, and we all receive and perceive them differently. What do they mean to you? Join Tina Marie weekly along with special guests for a certified fresh episode that we hope will enlighten, revolutionize, give new perspective on life, its obstacles, and how to overcome them. Thank you once again for tuning in to Ascend and Conquer, a brand new show where we talk about ascending and conquering whatever it is we want to ascend and conquer. With me today, I have Andy Grant, the fantastic host of Real Men Feel. Andy, how are you today? Very good. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm very happy that you're here. It's been a long time coming. You were supposed to be on the old show that I hosted, but things went south. And now we're here, north, living in the now. Um, Have you ever read that book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So you, Andy, please tell everybody a little bit about Real Men Feel. So Real Men Feel uh, reminds men that they're human beings. Uh, I find time and time again that that silence kills men. And I started the show uh, because, you know, growing up, I was like, am I even a man? I was a sensitive kid. I was emotional. I was suicidal. I had all all these issues and challenges. And it all, you know, challenged what I thought masculinity was supposed to be about. And men are supposed to have it all together. And even if you don't know what you're doing, you're supposed to act like you know what you're doing. And, you know, I just found that it was all, you know, built on on lies and masks. And I always tried hard to fit into that. So the Real Men Feel began, I was actually asked like six years ago to speak about masculinity. Someone someone overheard me. I, so I've been an energy coach for 10 years. Most of my clients have always been women. And I was at this networking event talking about, I keep getting called to do something for men, but I don't know what it is. And someone overheard and said, would you come speak about masculinity? And I said, sure. In the back of my head, I'm like, the hell am I, why? What am I going to say? And this was at an art gallery. And so it was this really weird thing. Art gallery. And as it gets closer, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what am I, what is this? What am I doing? Anyway, Real Men Feel came out of my slides and just playing with different phrases and, you know, real men do this and real men do that. And I just thought, well, what if real men felt? What what if we saw a guy crying in public and said, wow, look at that brave man. Look look at that real man over there. So when when I say real men, I mean, authentic, genuine. I'm not saying, you know, we're men because we feel you're not a man because you don't. It's not that kind of nonsense. It's not that sort of labeling and restriction. It's just inviting guys to go into their hearts. Right. Um, Again, silence kills men. Guys are in pain. And as a survivor of multiple suicide attempts, it really is a mission of mine to decrease the number of people intentionally dying due to emotional pain. Right. And that's, it is... A really terrible thing. Suicide is a hard thing to talk about in in any regard, but there is less focus on the men in these situations. And a lot of times with uh, abuse victims as well, a lot of men get abused emotionally and physically, but I'm not taking away from any woman that has been through that, including myself. I, I'm just saying like, it should be more fair. It should be more of an even not playing field, but an even field of some sort where everybody's kind of treated the same and you're allowed to have emotions because we're all human. Abuse doesn't care about gender. No. It's just part, it's part of the act that no, no man can be abused. He's a man. How can that possibly be a thing? And it just, no, it is. Yes. And And so there's a, for, for guys, there's there's a lot of shame on, on top of, you know, being victimized, feeling abused, then there's shame that you let it happen, that you, you know, again, it becomes this unspeakable thing. And I, I know it's not easy for women either, 
but it's even worse for a man to open up and, and share yeah. vulnerability. Right, because they uh, men do tend to, am I right? If, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but they internalize more so than women do uh, their emotions and their feelings. And so then it can cause an explosion of some sort, whether it's an angry explosion or uh, explosion where they, they're crying and they're alone and then they're depressed and they have no one to tell. And then they have to put on a front and go to work and, and pretend to be happy and be that funny guy. And the next thing you know, you're losing that friend because you don't, realize what they might be going through. Yeah, men and women deal with emotions certainly differently and, and depression especially. There have been studies that show when a man feels depressed, they'll just start drinking. Like they'll do things to cover it up. A woman feels depressed, she's more likely to go tell somebody and go, yeah, hey, I'm feeling kind of down. Like they, women and, and friendship is more natural and, and men are more standoffish. And I don't think it's natural. I think it's more, it's it's how we're trained to be. Right, right, programmed. Um, mm. I have noticed with myself that a reason for for me that I have a difficulty making friends with other females is because I I believe I think more like a man and I internalize a lot of things myself but I've been way more open recently and in the past couple of years to um understanding that it's okay to for me to cry as well because I grew up in a household where crying was like even with two daughters my dad did not like crying my dad is an aspie and he does not like crying so it was we grew up going you know we were tough kids tough little girls <laughs> but um and, and, yeah and that doesn't help anybody but yeah i mean regardless of your gender you have masculine and feminine energies yes yes and there there are some you know, there are some women that carry more masculinity than than men and again it doesn't doesn't it's not a judgment thing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything unless the judgment we put on ourselves about what does it mean? Oh, I'm not, I'm not less, I'm not good enough. I'm whatever it is. It's right. all that nonsense. But, and that's, that's part of, you know, the purpose of the point of real men feel is to get more men to open up and stop making generations and generations and generations of people that think it's not okay to cry. Yeah. Let's not perpetuate no, that, the situation that, for it, for the, for the male livelihood of all of the future of the collective. Let's feel men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and everything will be felt. You, you you talked about rage and anger coming out. Like you cannot, well, you can. You can keep denying that you have emotions, but they will be felt and they'll come out in destructive ways. They'll come out in uncontrollable ways. But, you know, I find when, when you get to the, when you've done so much healing that you can actually feel the emotions that show up in each moment and you're reacting to this moment, not something from 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago, every even so-called negative emotion passes easier, quicker, and, and emotions serve us, but when we decide and try to judge them and control them, they become dysfunctional. Right, and so this kind of makes me think about the whole pain body thing. Could you explain to me a little bit about the pain body and how that affects people? Well, no, I didn't write that book, so that's more Eckhart Tolle, but yeah, he, it's, it's it, to, to me, it's kind of, it's the negative ego. It's walking around presenting our wounds as if that's who all we are. Um, the pain body makes me think of, you know, the cliche that misery loves company. Yeah. So someone that's wrapped up in their own drama, exhibiting their pain body, kind of living their wounds, thinking mm -hmm. they're victimized, they're just blaming others, they'll attract other people. So it's like pain body seeks pain body, and that's where we connect. We can People connect on this traumatic basis, not on their joyous, more positive, you know, fully open heart basis. It's, it's a connection in pain. And 
you know, pain bodies collecting and gathering, it just keeps every down at that, that low frequency, this really low vibration of, yeah. of pain and of, of guilt, of shame, of, you know, the world is against us. And, you know, it just becomes a, yeah. a self-perpetuating prophecy that you'll forever be this nothing more than a pain body. Right. So do you um, train people or have workshops or anything where you discuss with people? Because um, you said you've, you've done some shows where you talked about you work with women and their energy and everything, but do you have a lot of male clients coming in for that now? Like after maybe seeing your show, are you seeing an influx of male clients? Yeah, it's certainly, it's probably, even now it's probably like 50, 50. Wow. You know, just, women are more willing to do this sort of work. Like I, yeah. I'm, you know, I definitely, you know, I'm ahead of the game. Yeah. You know, there, and even real men feel if, if I called it, you know, male leadership, if I called it something else, there'd be a big audience. Yeah. Like, there aren't, there, there's not a lot of men like, how can I feel more? Oh, I love So it. many guys I hear from, it's, it's a girlfriend, it's a wife that turns them onto my show. They oh. don't find it on their own, but when they do, they're like, oh my God, this is so speaking to me. And, yeah. and I've heard from different men that, that I, I've heard from guys that identify themselves as, as highly sensitive men. Yeah. And they will be like, oh, there's finally a place for me. And I'm like, and oh. that's not a term. Like, if you call me sensitive, I still get pissed off. Yeah, like, yeah. I can say I'm sensitive, but it, it's in, it's but, in, in, in maleness. It's it's still like a put down. Yeah, like, especially oh, coming so from a female. A female telling a man that he's being sensitive, that's another problem. Yeah. Like, we all need to be more careful with our wording with things. I mean, that's yeah. why so many arguments are perpetuated because uh, humanity loves to bring each other down. And instead of raising each other up, like we're supposed to, and like raising our own inner vibrations, right. So that we can help those around us and be better people for the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's a cliche. I thought it was nonsense until I had enough experiences of it, but yeah, we're really all connected that that's not some, you know, bullshit phrase. Uh, yeah. we, there's one energy force there's, you can, you can call it the force from star Wars, but it, you know, it's life, it's source, it's energy. We really are connected. We're really all Jedi masters. We just yes. don't all act like it. We don't know it. Um, <laughs> but no, we like everyone's had that, you know, the gut instinct that, that, that inner knowing there's so many different words for it, but it, but yeah. it's all that it's all that energy of being alive, of being a human well, and, what it, we're... and it can, it brings us together. It's what it's, it's meant to bring us together, I should say. Right. Yeah. Instead of all of the division that we're feeling, like we are supposed, we're meant to be neutral, loving, caring people. That's what we're supposed to be. At least that's what I think we're supposed to be, because I know that humans can be very barbaric in nature a lot as well. I mean, look at our history, but it's, it's hard to remain neutral, especially these days, but it's, also not when it's coming from a place of love and um, taking politics and all of that out of it. Uh, there really shouldn't be well, that. If, 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 if you can be comfortable enough, like, let, me, let me own this. If, if I can be comfortable enough in myself, then whatever opinion someone else has, like fine. Like if we all let each other have our opinions and thoughts and beliefs, great. But it's when we like, I, if, if I'm right, then you must be wrong. Like, well, maybe we're both wrong. Maybe we're both yeah. a little bit right. Like that's so, you know, that's how I just accept all political views and opinions. And like, yeah, you know, because ideally we we all want, you know, happier, better lives, I think. Yeah, we all want and we the just have same different outcome. ideas of how to get there. That's right. Yeah. That is exactly right. Because everybody, we we have the same wants, but we all go about doing things for the most part in semi-inefficient ways a lot of the time. And I know that sounded like a conundrum and a mess of a sentence, but it it makes sense to me, like, like you were just saying, like, it doesn't matter, like what somebody else thinks about what you have to say or, or how you're living your life, as long as you know, you're doing right by you 
and by the people that you yeah. love and those around you. Right. And until if you're, if you're some of those people that it comes from a lack of self-confidence, a lack of, you know, foundation in your own energy and your beingness and, and your confidence of self and knowledge that you, you judge yourself based on the opinions of others. Like you're, you're, very, you're being very reactionary to right. how people respond as opposed to going, here's what I think you can agree or not. Like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change how I think. Right. I, and you know, ideally, ideally our beliefs make us feel better. I, and like that's the discernment level that I try to live by. Like, th does this serve me or not? Does this make me feel good or not? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and growing up, you know, being of service is something that turned my life around. I, but no one told me that as a kid. Yeah. I mean, except the, maybe the cliche of, you know, help an old lady across the street with her groceries and that kind of stuff. But yeah. when, I, when I was depressed and suicidal, you know, it, I'm like, well, I can turn this around. If I, if I focus from my energy on somebody else and see how I can help them, I yeah. forget. That I oh think my I'm gosh. Mess. Yes. No, instantly. And I can, I, I agree with this statement wholeheartedly. And a lot of people might say, oh, that's a selfish act because you're doing it and it's helping you. But no, it's not because you're helping someone else and you know, these things that this person's going through and you're going through it at the same time as them. They might not know it. You're helping them and you're helping yourself. You're healing the world. And then that person yeah. can go on yeah, do it for others. Being selfish gets a bad rap. There's selfish that is in the in a position of competition. Like I want that, I'm taking it from you. It's yeah. mine. It's mine. That's bad selfish. Yeah. If you're a well-rounded good person and you recognize that when you feel good, everyone around you feels good. Yeah. Or that helping others feels good makes you feel good. Like that. Yeah. That's a, a selfless level of selfishness. I Ooh. Find. Oh, that was that's very quotable, Andy. That's that's the name <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about when you were feeling depressed and when you were suicidal? Okay. So how old were you when you started feeling depressed? Wow. I mean, sometimes it feels like birth. Right. It, it really does. It was very young age. So at about age five, my parents uh, were getting divorced. I have no memory of my parents together. They, they were college students that got pregnant and then they got married. I, I only kind of conscious memories of like divorce and beyond. It was contentious. I never saw them together. Uh, my dad would come to the house only with like police and lawyers backing him up. And at the same time, a next door neighbor began molesting me. And I really thought that if I let anyone know, I'd be the next man kicked out of the house. It was just, it was just down to me and my mom. So uh, it's when I really turned inward. I really decided that the world was not safe. I yeah. couldn't trust adults. I couldn't trust men. And, and then growing up, my mom to try, you know, to try to protect me, she just, she kept, uh, she was seeing someone and she kept that a secret. Yeah. And I would wake up, I'd hear voices in the night and go, who's that mom? Nobody. It's just the TV. Like, oh, then I, I'd see people. Oh, I'm like, wow. no. So I was like, my whole like set, like, I can't trust people. I can't trust what I see and hear. Like, I'm often amazed. I'm not, I wasn't just like instantly schizophrenic and having yeah. psychotic breakdowns, but but again, in some sense, I did because from a really young age, I, I wanted to die. I thought this is not for me. I'm, I don't, I, I'm obviously broken, flawed. This doesn't work. Yeah. I was emotional. I was sensitive. Um, and I didn't know till later, uh, you know, I was rather empathic. I was feeling the energy yes. of other people thought it all was me. Yeah. So I can remember lot. like, you know, being on the school bus and just start bawling. I'm like, why am I crying? I don't, I'm fine. I like school. What's going on? But it was like other people's fear and dread coming through. Rubbing me. off on you. And it was just yeah. something I couldn't understand, made no sense. Nobody talked about this sort of stuff. Yeah. So, and I kept, and as a man, I kept it all to myself. So 
my father often said that high school were the best years of his life. So I said, well, why would I live behind that then? So as early as eight years old, I began planning that I would only, you know, go through high school and then I would be done. Oh my but goodness. When that's my focus, you know, my, yeah. my worldview was that life sucks, then you die. Yeah. So I kept getting reminders of that that was kind of the life I was creating. And I had this really negative outlook on everything. And so my, I, my first attempt was like age 12 or 13. Mm. So I didn't even, I didn't even make it to high school before I was trying to, uh, to check out and still you know, living I've with your mom at the have, time. Yeah. Yeah. Always just with, always just with my mom would just see my dad, like every other Sunday afternoon, sort of a thing. But yeah, I just, I kept things to myself, nobody. And I was good in school. You know, I was, I was quiet, well-behaved. I was, a, I was the quote unquote good boy. So nobody wanted to think there was anything wrong. Right. And even when they saw changes in me, you know, my mom says at age, that age five, like I really, I really shut down and changed a lot. And they just thought it was due to the divorce. It was like, there's something more obvious than yeah. you know, what's happening that we don't know about. And that's what was happening um, with the, the molestation. Is that the age? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that went on. Not, not, I don't know. It was more than once. I actually, I didn't have conscious memory of it till I was like 20 years old and I was wow. in a mental hospital and they started talking about sexual abuse and I just started to have these flashes of memories oh and like gosh. freaking me out. Wow. And, and then even for years, I doubted it because like all the different TV shows and junk by then were like, you, you can't trust kids' memories of things and, you know, implanted memories and all this sort of nonsense. So I saw it when I was 30, I saw a hypnotist to bring me back to age five to see if this really happened. Oh yeah. And and it did. Like it, I was freaked out. Um, oh, it took a lot of work for them. It wasn't just like, you know, bring me bang, you're back here. Like I wasn't, I still oh felt gosh. it. It took like, you know, a good other 60 minutes of just talking to me and trying to get me present. Cause I was just like stuck in that place with, with more details and more reaction to it. So I'm like, Oh yeah, that happened. Okay. And so it, when it took you a lot to come back, right. When, when you were coming out of these sessions and uh, first, how many sessions did you have to take to get to that place? Or was it just a one and done type thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was just a one. Wow. Yeah. I got there easy because, because it, it happened and I was it, just doubting my own memories. So they got verified. There were things I hadn't, I, wow. things that I wasn't conscious of came clear in that session. And yeah, I, no, I did not need to visit it again. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you shouldn't have to. I mean, that's, that's, I'm terribly sorry, but also so proud of you that you have come so far into, you know, your own mind and you know that your mind is unbreakable now because it shut itself down. Like that reptile part of the brain decided, I don't want these memories. And then when you were ready, your soul was ready to revisit it. You did, you got it out of the way and you kept on forging forward. So that is something yeah. to be and so proud of. That's, and so much of those things, you know, this, this goes back to some of the, you know, guys often, you know, suck it up, get over it. That was the past. And, you know, we're just not built like that. Like it takes trauma. It goes into your cellular memory. It's all somewhere, again, waiting for you to, to have a better way to navigate it. Yes. Because especially as a child, you're, you're in an abusive situation. Yeah, it's, it's shut down. It's, you know, I call it even so, your soul, like can splinter and just go into hiding. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really impactful thing, but it isn't something you just... Because I really, I made the mistake of like, so I'm 20 years old, I've had multiple suicide attempts, and I have this memory, I'm like, oh, that's why I'm always trying to, oh my God, it yeah. all makes sense now. You so put the now everything's that. fine. And I thought it was all logical. Look, now I remember, aha, uh -huh, I should be fine now. And my, my dad, I remember the first conversation with my dad I had that at the hospital, had me, I had to tell my parents about that. And it was really difficult. Oh, man, but yeah. My dad's first response was, that guy died like six years ago. And I was oh. like, that just they didn't like i don't care like that's not like it was just weird like i know he had to yeah, i'm sure it's uncomfortable for them to hear but it, that just hit me as like yeah I, that, uh, yeah i don't need to go out and 
I, I, you know, I'm not here. It's not, it's not a quest for revenge that has yeah. me you know, trying to end my life. That has nothing to do with it, but right, it was just right. a weird thing. But he, you know, he's looking for what, again, as a man. What he was of, trying what, to make it feel better. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. that's how, that's not how we make ourselves feel better or how we should. But like, I see where he was coming from. Uh, also, uh, I don't wish death on anybody, but that's just terrible how old was he who how did you know him can i ask those questions yeah he, he was he was next door neighbor he's actually a friend of my dad's and he looked like my dad that's why when i first had the memories and like i was like who's who is that like what the hell? so it was yeah it was really it was messed up so yeah I, i'm sure my dad felt some level of guilt because yeah it was it was a friend of his but oh. he also lived next door and i yeah he, he had two younger daughters and i was play, played with them and yeah like he would he'd find us he would have us do stuff with each other and and with him that's uh, really terrible. And I'm not unhappy to hear that he has passed because that I hope his daughters are okay. Do you still, con yeah, yeah. are you in contact or no, not, not at all? No, no. I, yeah, we, cause again, so that was like age five and six. I, uh, we moved when I was seven or eight from that town. And that was all pre, a land pre Facebook and cell phones. And like, I don't know where those people are, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I still keep in touch with some people I knew when I was two and I didn't even know them because I was two. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've lived all over the place. So it's, it's been um, interesting life over here, but um, yeah. Uh, plus, cause I was being suicidal. I thought me dying would just like me moving. So I didn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't nostalgic. I didn't care about stuff like, oh, see you. I never see you again. Great. Like, that was just how I looked at myself. And so. Did you have yeah, close so I, friends I at the time? I probably had one. Yeah. And again, it, it was rare. Uh, the, like, it was only the, my, my only friend in elementary school was like the other kid whose parents were divorced. It was still like a really rare thing then. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And so that, and that was it. Do you think you were treated differently because your parents were divorced at that time? Oh, sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, Good God, this is this is the this is the seventies for me, and oh wow, yeah, no I, way, I would get picked on. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wait, Andy, <laughs> um, I can't, I would I'm get not gonna picked ask. On for that. Yeah, jeez, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm fifty five years old. No, yeah. what? Wow. Well, you're always glowing, and just like your face is just amazing. Like your aura is really like there's something there's something beautiful and and glowy about you at all times. Okay. But, it's uh, it's energy like yeah. when i found energy work is what saved my life and that's why i do it with people but yeah we're not you know feeling miserable is the clue that what am i focused on what am i thinking about and you know it took me years of living in the muck to go hmm, maybe i can change this yeah and you can yeah absolutely i love that you give that hope to so many people that need that and now i have a, another question i'm probably gonna have a lot of questions for you because you're just the master of almost everything so do you do you practice reiki at all i you know i just got reason ah, let's see how to say this so mid covid i uh i'm an initiate of the modern mystery school oh very so cool I, i've i've done reiki with them actually just this january so i haven't had a chance you know with with pandemics and stuff i haven't had a chance to do it on anyone except friends and family so far but what i loved about this it's like my teacher uh, learned in Japan. He was on the mountain where Reiki was first like came down to man. That's where he spent his three days of initiation into it. So it's the, it's the most direct because um, I've had years ago experiences with like, you know, Western Reiki and come get training at a holiday and over the weekend and that sort of thing that seemed to be everywhere for a while. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's cute. I guess I feel some warmth from something, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but now what I'm, you know, certified in this, this level of, of Reiki, that's just so direct from source. It's like, wow, it is so much more powerful, but, but yeah, I've, I've, 
I, I love new experiences. So I've tried everything I've ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I know, and you're so busy all the time. You do so many things. And, and I want to get to the Akashic record stuff in a little bit, because I, I actually sincerely would love to do that with you myself. But um, I wanted to ask you this. So do you think that someone that hasn't gone through energy or Reiki training or anything like that can heal people just naturally? Yeah. I mean, yeah. all these training, they're all natural. Yeah. You're not, well, you know, no don't training. Get an injection of Reiki juice. Like it's just, no, it's trained how to use that energy. Like it's, yeah. it's all, all, and I just call it all energy work instead of trying to give it a nickel and dime yeah. name. And, no, you know, I like that better. Trademarks <laughs> or whatever. But yeah. So no, we're, we are energetic beings. Yeah. So our focus intent, I mean, you can go back like, like, you know, do you want to waste your time proving if meditation works, proving if visualization works? I'm just it like, does. Oh, have an experience. Does yeah. it work for you? Great. Do it. If it doesn't yeah. work for you, try something else. That, that's, I, that's all. But I love my binaural beats and my frequencies and nobody's going to tell me that those things don't make me manifest love. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my first meditation practice with, uh, meditating with, with center point, with Holosync, all binaural beats. And it, it, it's, it saved my life. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't do the, the words meditations. I can't have someone talking to me and telling me I'm going into a, uh, that, that one doesn't work for me. But I love yeah. that it, everybody's so different, different things can work for different people. And some people yeah. want to practice witchcraft because that keeps them at peace and they're with nature. And some people, um, they just meditate and they do yoga sometimes. Some people go all in and do all the things. And I think that's how we all should be. <laughs> Try it all, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're here the, you know, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. I meet lots of people that, you know, they awaken, they, ah, oh, and they just want to, they want to leave. Like, well, again, I did when I was miserable, I wanted to leave, but you know, we come into physical beingness to have experiences that we can't as just pure spirit, as that love, as that energy yeah. that I said is binding us all, you know, while you're here, do everything you freaking can. Yes. I mean, we, we there, have these more bodies. <laughs> So um, let's yeah. talk a little bit about the uh, the Akashic records while we while I have that in my mind, if that's okay with you. Can you yeah, tell us um, a little bit about what that is for those in the audience that don't know what the Akashic records are? So Akasha is a Sanskrit word for primary substance. So the Akashic field is is it's the vibrational recording of your soul's journey. And every person has has their own records. And I kind of see them as kind of living and breathing because it's not just some static thing. It's not like some scorecard that you were supposed to achieve. Everything you do, everything you think, all of your experiences go in and the records are being growing and building each, each moment. And by having this place where all of your information is, accessing your records can really help you get clarity and insight and healing. Because you're like, well, why do I keep doing the same thing? And, and you know, so I open the Akasha records for people and they ask questions. And the records... It, it's multiple beings, beings of light that run the records. Sometimes there's, there's family members that are crossed over. There's ancestral lineage. It's, it's my experience is when I ask a question, I'm kind of surrounded by people. I feel like I'm like this etheric stadium sometimes. And I'm just repeating what I'm being told. And it usually comes like a chorus. It's all being repeated. It's not just one Beautiful. person speaking. Right. But, and, and in terms of like quantum physics, I kind of feel like it's that quantum field. It's where things aren't aren't manifest yet. It's just that energy of potentiality. That's what uh, the records feel like to me. Yes. But it, it's not as if, you know, some people come to like, ask the records, what should I do? I'm like, no, they don't, like you have free will. The yeah. records just, here's some information. Here's what, here's what we see some potential. Here's what excites us for you. 
but yeah. you've got to decide to do it. Like they will never say, Tina, you got to launch a new podcast. What do you think? You know, it's not like that. Yeah. Although I should take that back. Some usually it, it matches the personality of, of, of the client of the person, but I've had had a few people where they, there was almost like this stern talking to, yeah. but it's, it's because, you know, like, and the thing most people say that a records experience is really, it's really validating. Like there shouldn't be anything that come like, I never thought like it should, it's like, oh, that's, it's almost like those secret thoughts and you haven't admitted and those desires that you're like, wow, I really am supposed to do that. Oh, I really am called to do that. So it's, it, it gives, it gives, uh, it turns up the volume on those more subtle things that I think we're all kind of drawn to, but right. you know, everyone has purpose, everybody has meaning, but it, it's up to us to make it. Like, Absolutely. The, ideally, the joy of life is discovering your purpose. Yeah. And if, if you have to try, you know, 200 different things to do it, like, great. Then you got to try 200 different things while you're here. Right. right. And nobody's perfect. But when you find that balance and that center where you can kind of just be Zen and you know what you need to do that helps you feel better and it affects everybody around you, because honestly, most of us are empaths. Almost everybody's an empath unless there's something really wrong, um, probably mentally where they just can't have empathy, then, then you probably can't be an empath. But um, <laughs> I feel like it's in everybody and that maybe, yeah. is this a silly question? Can someone access their records by themselves just day to day and as they live their life and be given from spirit or from the universe, these ideas and thoughts that they need to do something? We're always doing that anyway. Yeah. Right. We, we, we all have inspiration. We're, we're surrounded and connected to source energies. What, what I like about the records is when I use the process, ah, now I know I'm in the records, whatever information I'm perceiving is coming from there. Not just, Oh, what random thought, or did I just pick up that person's energy? Or is this something actually for me? Or, yeah. Oh, what, what angel, like, what am I, you know, um, the first time I opened my records, they were like, well, hello, welcome back. You know, you've been here often, but you didn't know it. Yeah. Now, now you know. Like now you know how you know to knock on the door and open up. Like, oh. So if we right. could turn this into an analogy, a psychology analogy, would you say that the runners of one's Akashic records would be considered the super ego or the id? No, it, it's beyond psychology. So that's that's trying to label the mind. Yeah. So it's, it's beyond mind. Yeah. So, um, Okay. And it, I call I call it our it's it's tapping into your spiritual support team. Okay. It's, again, it's angels, it's beings of light. That the the, the Akasha, there are there are beings that exist just navigating and holding space for this light. Um, you know, there are some teachings that every night when you dream, that day's is being un uploaded into the Akashic records. The the first time I had an experience with the records, I had just done this year long energy coaching program. And we did a meditation and we called upon our record keepers and I had this very physical experience. I felt like some energy come down to me and I felt like my back opened like a file drawer. Wow. And they, just, they took away all the records, all the lessons I've already learned. They took out and made space for new things. Very cool. And it, it was like my operating system got upgraded. It was just so cool. And ever from then on, I was like, I've got to learn more about this records thing. Because yeah. I've heard of them, but that was my first experience. Wow. That's years later, I was... I was teaching an energy tools class and I saw that the next weekend someone was coming and teaching how to read the Akashic records. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm going to do that. And <laughs> again, it, it was just easy and natural and already doing energy and trusting intuition, trusting what I perceive. I, I would, I just became really natural at it, but yeah, you can open your own records. You can open the records for other people. Some people are better at one or the other. Um, and you know, yeah. it's a, uh, it's, it's just a short <laughs> prayer. 
you know, yeah. as the as the consciousness of humanity has risen, more and more people can just access, you know, all sorts of energetic things easier. Yeah. But in I, the past, you know, there were times that I had to, you know, people would have to fast for two weeks and, you know, stay awake for three days or whatever to get to an, a, a, yeah. an altered state. To Yeah, but, being uh, that uh, exactly like a monk almost, but we don't need to be like that anymore because the world is coming. Something's going to happen. Something really big is coming. New earth, whatever you want to call it, I feel it's on the way because so many more people are open to being more spiritual and looking inwards now and and then it almost seems like the other half is not ready yet and it's a little it's scary it's like the battle of good and evil almost but it's 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 technically not everybody has the choice to make within themselves to be good or evil right and literally there really is the battle of good and evil happening and yeah. so part of the modern mystery school teachings and and i really like this because good and evil i it it ends me i end up in like bad horror movies only so the, the mystery school is that evil is anything that stops the light, anything that gets in the way of your doing good, of feeling good. Yes. So, you know, Netflix could be evil one night just because it's you're using it as a reason and procrastinating. So, you know, it, it's not just devil right. and God, but like evil comes in lots yeah. of different flavors, right? Yeah. Just like masculinity and femininity does. So, yes. right. Duality and um, everything. So we, we, yeah. So at times, like we, you know, I, trying to end my life was me being evil. Yeah, but luckily there was more life force. There was more positivity. Uh, you know, there was something that kept me going. Yeah. And at the time, like I thought, I thought that was just another reason I was weak. Like every time I wait, like yeah. there were so many times I would like rev my car. I'm like, I'm going to ram into that loading dock. And I turn away at the last minute and go, Oh, I'm such a loser. And we, and like it took years to realize, Oh my God, that was my strength. Yeah. Right. That, that was intuition. That was the records. That was, you know, God, that was everything. No kid. You're like, no, this is not what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I'm giving you a hug through I'm giving me a hug to give to you through the camera because I mean everything when you talk about this it really does like just give me complete chills all over my body because I know that so many people have been there and and you're so open to talking about it. I really appreciate that about you. I'm very happy that you're here finally. <laughs> and I definitely want to talk more on a lot of topics with you in future panels if you're interested. I'll Always that. willing cutting that part out, but I'm sticking it up on YouTube still. Um, I also wanted to see if you were willing to maybe draw a card for us here on and the audience. Like, do you have your cards with you? I don't. Oh. I'm afraid I don't. So I can't do that. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, it did there by my I, I do that each morning. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's I don't. Yeah, they're not with me. What did you um, what did you draw this morning? Okay, yeah, I passionately love and accept myself. That was today's card. I love that. And I, I also have these silly but um called i am and they every every uh, hour it sends me something like this i love to be loved and it's just great things to be grateful for and you can pick what you want what categories and everything and i also got these little rune stones i don't know if you, do you read runes i don't have you ever had rune stones yeah i think it, so it's i don't want to i gotta i want to be careful and say this without seeming conceited <laughs> So all these different, they're all tools to read energy, right? So we talked energies everywhere, everything is energy and there are all these different modalities and tools. And like, I, I don't need some of those mediums. Uh, I don't need those mechanisms. Like I don't need a pendulum. Like I, yeah. one of the first things I, I learned to do was do rose readings, but they're just energetic roses. So mm -hmm. I, would, I would like ask your energy to come into a rose and I would see it in my mind and read all oh, the color means this, the size means that. And just look at 
you know, are you a big yellow rose of Texas? Or, you know, what, what's your rose going to represent? But runes and, you know, cards, they're all just, they're all like mechanisms to, yeah. to help people tap into the energy. Yeah. And I just, I love being surrounded by things like that because I can feel the energy from, from all of it. And we put our own energy into it. And I, I do a lot of stuff with the moon myself. I'm not sure if you're into that. Yeah. Everybody yeah. is. Again, if you're alive, you're into the moon. Yeah. But maybe you're not aware of it. But yeah, you know, ask, ask any cop, any ask, ask any doctor, does the full moon affect our lives? Like, yep. Yeah, it must right? be the a full, full moon. moon. Energy. It's the craziest night right. at the ER, right? All that you know, bouncers and people at clubs, they know when it's a full moon without needing to go outside and look or without needing to have studied astrology or consider themselves weirdos or energy people or whatever it might be. Well, yeah, I, it's funny because I mean, they, they say these negative things having to do with the moon, but we all need that. We need the source of the moon, just like we need the sun. And that goes back to masculine, feminine, sun, moon, uh, duality and everything. Good, evil, yeah. not saying the moon's evil because the sun's great, but um, the moon is, we need that lunar we need that the, beautiful ball in the sky. The moon is a reflection of the sun. It's not like it's some source of evil energy. It's it, right. it's the sun at night. It's keeping, it's a mirror. It keeps that light coming down to us. Yeah, absolutely. And then some people do rituals on the full moon. And I think that, uh, do you know who Alex Gray is? He runs no. Cosm, the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors in, up in New York. And he's an artist that does a lot of, um, psychedelic related art but also it's he has a piece where it's a woman's body and you can see every vein and every organ and everything and it's just really beautiful art he does a lot of mandalas and just really cool stuff and um every full moon him and his wife do a full moon ceremony you should check it out sometime yeah no we did yeah full moon release negativity there's waxing so the and this, this stuff i recently learned and maybe you already knew it but so the only time you sh shouldn't do any sort of rituals or magic is um on a new moon when there's no light because yeah. you need some light being reflected back so again not that it's that's not an evil night yeah. it's just not a night to, not effective that you can do right. <laughs> right yeah no it's just always something to look forward to when there's a full moon because you know that anything can happen and it doesn't have to be negative like at at the clubs or something something bad happens for example then they go oh must be a full moon blame it on the moon no blame yourselves for being in a bad place yeah. during a full moon when you could be charging up yourself or your crystals or doing something positive for you instead of throwing dollars <laughs> but um so 55 i can't believe that that's still blowing my mind you look like you're literally like almost 30 i'm turning 30 in august by the way <laughs> when um what's your sign it's okay oh yeah i know cancer cancer okay yeah i'm a leo so you yeah cancer that's you're supposed to be sensitive they say but all yeah. men should be yeah well that's what and that's what that's another thing that we're like so you know i'm i'm 13 16 years old going to psychiatrist i'm getting late every time i went somewhere that got a new label and I'd read it like, really? It's, you know, brain chemistry and you're, you're, you know, you're a mess kid. And then I'd read a horoscope. Oh, sensitive. I'm like, I'm just my son. Like my sign made as much sense as any diagnosis. And it just, but also because I had this negative outlook, I'd read anything about cancer, the sign cancer. And just like, oh, see, I'm screwed. It's in my DNA. It's in my star. I'm just a Aww. loser. Because again, being sensitive, being kind, being empath empathic, all felt like bad things. All felt right. like weaknesses as a man. Yeah. Well, what's your, do you know your ascendant, uh, your ascendant? 
Scorpio. Scorpio. Okay. Well, Scorpio there you go. Yeah. There's, that's a great balance. I mean, there it is. Like you, you're a strong person. Scorpios are hard headed. Like they will, they push through to anything and that your rising sign is very important. Um, especially when reading natal charts, uh, it changes your whole everything. Honestly, you can't just, a lot of people look at their horoscopes, right. And they read something broad and they're like, Oh, it's vague. And it, that's for everybody. But you know what, if you're reading it at that moment, then Andy, what do you think that means to them for them? It's all up to you. Right. Again, that, that's the beauty. Like the fortune cookie, you can put in, you can laugh it off, you can take it. But yeah. And like, I just finished a week long class in astrology last week. Awesome. Mystery school and studied hermetic cosmology, you know, going beyond the signs of the zodiacs and, and the influence of comets and it. meteors. And we looked at what, what's hap what was happening in the cosmos on the day you were conceived because the mystery school hermetic mm -hmm. tradition says that that's your actual birthday because that's when your soul comes into formation. Love so we it. have all sorts of different signs to look at to take the most positive aspects from all of them, like yes. your birth sign, your conception day sign, your rising sign. And again, it's it's all, again, the, the, the stars all have positive influences and you can take them all. We're, we're all, we're actually, we're all, all of the Zodiac. Yeah. We're just more aligned with some more than others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of us don't have certain Zodiac signs in our natal charge, but what you're talking about, it's different. So how does one join? Right. The mystery school uh it begins with a life activation uh that's an in-person healing um and then there's a, there's a weekend called empower thyself which is this weekend long teachings and trainings and meditations and rituals i did all this in 2016 and yeah life-changing and i did all sorts of things before it and i've met man I, I meet people that are like 18 years old and they've just discovered the mystery school i'm like i'm like good lord i was wasting my time trying all these different things and they when it, you find it like right off the get-go um yeah, I'm a certified healer of mystery school. I'm a ritual master. And it's it's just, there's always more. The mystery, like I had heard of mystery schools and I thought they were like, they were mythological. Yeah. There, there were seven ancient mystery schools back in the day in, in Egyptian mystery school and a Tibetan mystery school and Indian mystery school and Greek and Roman. And there's one, well, they've all, I should take that back. They've all survived, but only one open to the public. Okay. And it's called the modern mystery school today. But it, this goes back to the lineage of King Solomon, the wise King Solomon of the Bible. Um, so it's going back over 3,000 years uh, to Jerusalem. And he had the foresight to have all these different priests and priestesses and healers come together. And they worked together in his temple for 30 years. And they trained each other and healed each other. And the things that worked on everybody, the things that everybody could learn, became the foundation of the mystery school. Okay. So kind of priestess. And there's still like knowledge that's like hidden. There's still think there, there's so many things, there's so many classes and things that like are still like locked up. There's still like sacred, sacred books that that yeah. get released as humanity can receive them. I love that. Like I, I think that's such an interesting. I, I would really like to hear more about that um after the show because we have a few more minutes left. I have a question, another another question that might be silly. So can a high priestess from a coven? Or a priestess from a coven join the mystery school and work as a priestess there? I don't want to dare give a blanket statement, but there are Wiccan classes and covens within the mystery school. So yeah, there, there's, it, it's, it's not like you must uh, renounce everything you've ever done and come this way, you know, it's just a way. It's, again, it's a thing to trust your experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's, if it's, it's really, if you're called to something, like listen to that call and, and see what it is for you. Oh, well, I definitely would love some more information. Um, Andy, I want to give you a couple minutes to 
if we didn't cover enough i feel like we covered so much so fast that it was like too exciting um i'm sorry i get so excited i get starstruck around you because i just think you're one of the most amazing people um please you know give us all of your socials and everything for the description um so the best place to find me is at theandygrant.com and you'll find the instagram facebook uh, linkedin TikTok. you know everything i'm on from from there um, and you'll find information about the mystery school. You'll find information about life activation. You'll find information about the Kaishik records and the real men feel podcasts are all there. That's kind of like my best hub. Instagram is at real men feel show and Andy underscore grant for me, man, that's all I can think of off the topic. <laughs> top of my, you know, you, you mentioned how we covered so many subjects. Yeah. And for me, I, I had to hear about something countless times before I was willing to try it. So if we said things today that make you just roll your eyes and go, oh my God, what a crock of shit. Like, great. No. Like, I'm, I'm glad to be that first time and hear, and be poo-pooed and ignored because <laughs> everything I do today, everything I do on a daily basis with myself or with clients is something I made fun of, thought was ridiculous, thought it was nonsense until I actually tried it. Right. Listen to those words, so everybody. If, if you feel like it's, yeah. If you feel like it's all been nonsense, but maybe there's one thing that, you know, is sticking with you, it's nagging at you like, oh, I'd like to learn more about that. I'd like to try that. Like, go for it. Um, Google, that's, Google that's Akashic Records. Yeah. And then yeah. Andy, you do, uh, you do, like you said, the Akashic Record readings for people. Can you do that remotely? That is something that is remote. I also have a, there's something called a Spark of Life, which is from the Mystery School, which is a long distance healing. It's kind of, it's almost like long distance Reiki, but it, I, I find it even stronger than Reiki. And anecdotally, this is something that we've all done for people with COVID and people that were in hospitals on ventilators. Everybody that got a spark of life went home. Oh um, my God. So again, just anecdotally, like how strong and powerful. I love again, it. I the love focus it. energy of, of, of love and light from, yes. from a love and light being to another love and light being can I, just transform things. It, it yeah. really is. So I feel like my day just got a whole stuff. lot yeah, better. But, like just speaking to you. So thank you for bringing your light and energy to the show. Like you have ascended and you have conquered and you're still ascending. You've, you've conquered so much stuff, Andy. Like you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I apologize for such the uh, delay in time um, from, you know, but we um, moving forward, I would really, really love to have you back. My pleasure. I've enjoyed it immensely. And it, yeah, I always like talking to you. Yeah, me too. And uh, you'll be involved in the next indie pods, which I'll tell you about um, later because I do have to, I have to run and I got to go, unfortunately. But thank you so much again. And I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful, loving, light filled day. Beautiful. You too. Be well. All right. Thanks, Andy.